We'll read the psalm. Praise the Lord. Now, what does praise the Lord mean in Hebrew? Or what is the Hebrew term for praise the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're saying hallelujah. Uh, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A man deals graciously in lens. A good man um, deals graciously in lens. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of the evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees the desire upon his enemies. His, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. He has, his righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The, the desire of the wicked shall perish. So here we have another acrostic. And as we said last week, uh, Psalm 111 and 112 are companion. And uh, we see the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom is the last part of Psalm 111. And Psalm 12, we see blessed is the man who fears the Lord. And so we see that uh, in Psalm 111, the Lord is extolled. In Psalm 112, we have the man who fears the Lord is extolled. And uh, I like the two things we put here. Um, I just, uh, for, um, I thought the quotes were so good that I couldn't improve upon them. So I put a man named John, uh, James Montgomery Boyce said, there are some, they're the same in length, talking about the two Psalms. Uh, they fall into identical stanzas and even have identical and similar phrase, or similar phrases occurring in the same places in each. Both are acrostics, that is, They have 22 lines, each of which begins with a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So, as we said, if you want to know the Hebrew alphabet, just go to Psalm 119. You have Aleph, Beth, and Gimel right on down the line. As far as the alphabet in each one of those stanzas in Psalm 119 is an acrostic too. In other words, there's 22 sections. I think there are, what, seven or eight, eight verses apiece. And each one of them, like Aleph, begins with all A's. Beth begins with all B's. And Gimel begins with all G's. And so right on down the line. So here we have, in this psalm, 22 verse, or twenty two phrases. And all, each one of these phrases uh, will begin with the next letter, A, B, C, D. And now I skipped a couple of the letters because we have 26. And so you'll see I skipped Q and uh, X and uh, forget whichever and V. But um, we all notice that um, um, also I like what Spurgeon says. It bears the same relation to the preceding which the moon does to the sun. For while the first declares the glory of God, the second speaks of the reflection of the divine brightness and the man born from above. In other words, we should reflect the glory of God. And so 
Um, of course, we, we do not take the glory of God, but if, the God, if we are godly, that means that we're godlike. We become like the God we serve. And so, we, of course, we want to serve the Almighty God. Um, and now what I did now, you saw in Psalm 11 that I, uh, that I copied uh, something from uh, back in 1870s that somebody took and, uh, and just uh, used the, um, the English alphabet and tried to co- co-opt it with the, um, with the Hebrew alphabet. And, but we're not going to do that tonight. We're just going to go to A, B, C, D like we would do. Uh, but there's a couple of verses there. Then. Notice it says it reflects. Now, Psalm 111 uh, is the glory of God. Psalm 112 talks about the man who is blessed by the glory of God. And we know that uh, over in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as a glass or a mirror, the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, when we look into the Word of God, when we really seek His face, the more that we love the Lord, the more that we're going to become like Him. And so that's why we reflect the glory. We can never take the glory of God. I've talked to you about that many times, about that uh, when anybody compliments the preaching or whatever, uh, then I have learned a long time ago not to say, oh, well, thank you and have a big head, but say, oh, I'm just glad that it was a blessing to you and I hope that you saw the Lord in it or whatever, because I've learned a long time ago that if I start feeling good about God's glory, then he has ways of making me feel lower than a grasshopper so because he will not share his glory with another. But he wants to reflect his glory through us because we, we, he lives within our heart. And so should that not come out in our face? Should that not come out in our being? And so Psalm 111 deals with the glory of God. In, chapter, in Psalm 12, in fact, we see, the, of course, it says um, in the last part of Psalm 111, um, it says, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, in Psalm 112, we see, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. So, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the man is blessed who fears the Lord. And so, that's, so you go from the fear to the blessing of the Lord. And so then we have the acrostic, and that's what I tried to do is just A, B, C, D without trying to come up with uh, a fancy uh, way of doing it uh, with that the way they did so many times. We explained uh, um, both how the, the book of Ecclesiastes does that with uh, the five chapters there. Each chapter is 22 verses. Uh, the, one, the first, second, and fourth, and fifth have 22 verses, and each one of them go A, B, C, D. And then the the middle, the the um, third chapter, has 66 verses. And it goes A, 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 B, 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 C, C, C. Uh, that takes a lot of work to make an outline or make a, a poem like that. And yet the Hebrews did it over and over again. Uh, and we listed the number of times, how many, eight or ten of the Psalms are acrostics. But here we see the acrostic. And so I just uh, went ahead and listed them. I guess I could have gone one, two, three, four. But uh, the reason I, the 
indention, the second part of every psalm, I made a capital A and then like a, a small b. It's because my my uh, computer wouldn't let me make a small b without uh, other problems. So I just said, okay, we'll make the small. I'll have to obey my computer here. But um, we see that um, he says, blessed is the man. And first of all, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then he begins, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. And so that is his whole theme. And the rest of the psalm is listing of the praises of the Lord. And maybe I should have gone one, two, three, four. But uh, we see that he does. He says his, uh, his descendants, his children, will be mighty on the earth. Now, the word mighty or... Uh, uh, the, the word there, the idea is that they're going to have um, a good standing. You want your kids to have a good reputation, don't you? You want them to um, to be uh, known as good children. And, as, and of course, as they grow, you want them to be prosperous. Uh, by the way, did uh, our oldest call you today, dear? Yes. Did he get a hold of you? Okay. But uh, did he find... Did you did you have the right address? Okay, we're sending uh, birthday cards to our grandchildren, and they're not getting them. And we have a little gift card in there, and I think we've wasted some money. But uh, so we're kind of worried about that. But there again, my kids love the Lord, and that's all that matters. I got four kids in uh, three different states, and uh, they're all serving the Lord and praise the Lord for that. And I don't care how mighty they get, as far as I don't care how popular they get. I just want them to serve the Lord, and that's going to take care of a lot of things in their lives. Uh, notice the generation, uh, uh, the generation shall be upright and will be blessed. And so we see that they're going to be in good standing, and they shall be blessed. Now, that tells me something, that I'm either a blessing or a distraction for my children. And uh, a father is and so definitely I want my kids to be blessed. Therefore, I want the, the Lord to bless me. Isn't that what it's all about? It begins with the father. Not with the mother, but with the father. And so we see that he says, uh, wealth and riches shall be in his house. Now, again, wealth and riches. That, does that mean, uh, name it and claim it? Does that mean that you're going to... Uh, that you're going to have big mansions and everything here on earth because you serve the Lord. There's people that say that, but is that what, is that what it means? I, it really brought it home to me back a few, well, when I thought about that verse, I thought about uh, Rob. And Rob was just starting to come to church here. And Rob was over helping me work on the furnace. And he heard you playing the piano, Judy. And he said, my, I wish I had that in my house. You know, I'm just one of those things where, you know, one of those things where I take it for granted. But then I remembered back when I was growing up in an unsaved home, uh, I remember the Rosenals who were missionaries and we're living down in Florida, growing up in Florida, and the, the, the windows would be open and everything and they would be playing the piano um, and you could hear it from the street. And I, they lived down the street from me, uh, and I came. And so we played football and all that stuff together, as far as the boys would. But um, but I always said, "My, I wish I had a house like that." 
And then it occurred to me, I never really thought, the, thank the Lord, that I had a house like that for 40 years, you know. And, and so that's the way, what God does. And now, of course, not not piano only, but that's just, you know, there, when I was growing up, I just was thrown from here to there. And I, always, and I just craved to have a family like some of the people in my church had. And praise the Lord, you know, God did that. And so uh, there again, uh, my kids... Some of them are starting to make money. They say they didn't. They didn't realize how poor they were until they started to make money. You know? <laughs> They're coming up in our home, but uh, I hope that we gave them riches, some godly riches, and so wealth and riches will be in their house, um, in his house, and there again, his righteousness endures forever. Now, where did we see that before? That is exactly the same thing he says in the second part of the third verse of Psalm 111. So the Lord's righteousness endures forever. How long will our righteousness endure? Forever. He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so there again, he hath made him to be sin for us, that we might be made righteous. I was talking, there again, talking to Rob today. I was, uh, he needed someone to take him to get some x-rays. And um, uh, we were talking about this because he, had ta- he was concerned about death of a loved one and so forth. And I said, you know, it's kind of interesting. I didn't exist until I was conceived and born. But now I live forever. That's a hard one. Uh, you know, how could you never exist? And then when you finally do exist, you live forever. That's, and he said, that's too deep for me. I said, yeah, me too. So let's drop me. <laughs> it's one of those things. But we're going to live forever. But I, you know, in 1865, I didn't exist. <laughs> that's, that's the weirdest feeling, you know. You know. Of course, we know the Lord has existed from everlasting to everlasting. But we will last forever. But, uh, of course... Uh, but we are not eternal. Eternal is from everlasting to everlasting, but we are everlasting, which means that we started and kept on going. And so, and I will have everlasting life because I've believed on him. I mean, just, just, uh, and that boggles my mind. How did I not exist? But I feel like I've existed, for, you know. <laughs> and so those are, you know, time and space, all those things we just don't understand. So, uh, but his righteousness endures forever. So guess what? My righteousness is going to endure forever. Not by works of righteousness, which I've done, but according to his mercy, I have that righteousness. And so we see that uh, wealth and riches are uh, values. And praise the Lord, I've got uh, four kids who uh, their righteousness will endure forever. Um, and so we see in, now in verse 4, as we just go right on down there, he says um, that... Uh, Unto the upright, there arises light in the darkness. Now, who is the light? In him was light, and that light was the life of men. Or in him was life, and the, that was the light of men. So, uh, again, we have the light, because we saw the light. We saw the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the light of the world. And so, to the upright, to the righteous, will be the light and darkness. And that tells us that uh, there's going to be some tough times because we live in a sinful world. So should we not be the light in a sinful world? 
And so he says, he is gracious and full of compassion. That's exactly what the Lord was in verse 4 of Psalm 111. So if the Lord is righteous and full of, or gracious and full of compassion, should, the, should I not be gracious and full of compassion? Isn't it interesting? It just ties together. I never had, you know, I love these psalms because I never have gone through them one psalm after another until we started back on Psalm 1, and this is 112 weeks later or whatever, and they've just opened up a whole new world to me. I mean, you never get tired of the word, but just all the things you learned that you thought you knew. And so again, uh, he is gracious and full of compassion. Why? Because my God is gracious and full of compassion. Now, that means that uh, if I'm really serving the Lord and walking with him, there's going to be some characteristics that are going to just ooze out of my pores. Should they not? Uh, it's not something, okay, uh, we, I've got uh, the Calvary Baptist no-nos, and then I've got the things I've got to do. No, no, it's just there's going to be the grace of God. Is for one thing, he'll be my teacher. One, he'll, I'm going to start learning. To, the more I know about him, the more I'm going to be like him. And that's what we want. And so notice that in verse 5 then, as we go up, go, a good man deals graciously and lends. Now, the word lends there is, you know, he's always looking for ways of helping other people. Um, people come through here all the time and they're looking for handouts. Well, I'm not really wanting to give handouts unless I can lend. What I mean is I want them to have more than just a little bit of money. Um, and I just recently, about a month ago, a man uh, I talked to, I said, you know, really, if you're going to, if, you know, I would love for you to, uh, to discipleship you, get you in discipleship like I'm trying to get, uh, or we just started, in fact, with, uh, with Dave. Hopefully now he's filled out the book that I gave him and he's ready to, to start on lesson one. Uh, but the other guy that I started with, but he, he had some needs. He just got laid off, and boy, he was wondering what to do. And, of course, the church has just got all kinds of money that, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And so I started talking to him about what, what could happen and what we would like to do. And, but he kept waiting for the trigger, you know, how much are you going to help me financially? And I told him, we don't have a whole lot of money, but, you know, there again, about a week later, I tried to go by to see him, but he's turned off his phone. He you know, blocked me and everything now. But, you know, it's one of those things. That all he wanted was the money. And uh, he missed out on it because he blocked me. But, you know, there again is, uh, uh, if I can't help a man spiritually, then what good is a little bit of money, especially on a Saturday whenever they could go out and blow it on whatever. And so, again, uh, I want to lend. In fact, uh, I, I like what Dr. Fremont said. Uh, good friend, he had a flying 20. A flying, he always had a $20 bill in his pocket and, uh, you know, if somebody needed it. Well, uh, I've just recently got to the point where I could start doing that. And so I gave that lady the other day a $20 bill. But uh, there again, it's something that uh, can't do all the time. And plus, notice what he says here, that uh, he gives graciously and lends, but he guides his affair with discretion. Why? Because he's wise. Now, that lady came back by a little bit later, and she was just wanting more money. And so, of course, there's different things you do there, you know. So you just don't, we're not a welfare agency. And so, uh, again, but that doesn't mean we don't love her. doesn't mean that we don't try to help her. 
But uh, there's more to helping people than throwing money at it. In fact, I like, what was that? There was an article back a few months ago now that I read about the church is becoming a welfare agency and we're entertaining ourselves to death. In other words, we're becoming entertainment centers and we are becoming welfare centers, but we're not becoming soul winning centers. And we're sending people to hell by trying to help them outwardly, but not really helping them inwardly. Now that there again, oh, you're just being mean and you're looking for an excuse not to, no. It's that no matter how much you give, you'll never have enough. The government does have enough. Look, how much, we're trillions of dollars in debt for trying to give our money away. And so it's not the money, it's the heart. And so I want other people to be blessed and their needs to be met like God meets mine. I want people to say, dear Heavenly Father, not dear Heavenly Government, or dear Heavenly Church. And so if God can help me out of the doldrums of, of uh, financial depression, can he help you? I don't know how, but can he? Yes. And he always will. He, he, no good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. And so again, he deals uh, his, his affairs with discretion. And he helps people, but he does it with discretion. And verse 6, surely he will never be shaken. Why? Good biblical principle. What's the last, uh, what's the last uh, example the Lord gives of the Sermon on the Mount? He who builds, who hears these sayings of mine and does them, then they are like the man who builds his house upon the rock, capital R. He is the rock. We've studied that before, how many times the Lord is called the rock in the Old Testament. And so again, uh, he is not shaken. Uh, and notice in, he's also, um, his, the righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. Wait a minute. How many people do you know that died and people forgot about them two weeks later? God does it. And uh, there's memorials in heaven that will never pass away. And so we don't do things on earth because no matter how, look what they're doing to the monuments today. No matter how good they are or how, how important they were at the time, now they're pulling them all down. They're just, you know, that's, times change. And unfortunately, uh, memories are dealt with. Even George Washington, they're trying to pull his monuments, now all these kind of stuff, the crazy stuff that's happening. But uh, with God, lay down for yourselves treasures on earth where moth doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal, but lay up your treasures in heaven where moth doth not corrupt nor thieves break through or steal. And so again, we see an everlasting remembrance. God remembers. Then verse 7. We're down to M as far as the American or the English alphabet is concerned. But in verse 7, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. Uh, why? Because I can cast my cares upon him. First Peter chapter 5. Love cast out all fear. First uh, John chapter 4. Um, I can say all that. But you say, well, pastor, that's what it says. But uh, I'm not there yet. Guess what? I'm not either. 
<laughs> Again, Rob and I, it's interesting when you talk to people, it's interesting how we reflect. He says, you know, the thing that really surprised me about you is you tell me all the, the problems that you have, and they're just like mine. I said, well, there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. And we were talking about that on the way back from the hospital today. He said, you know, you'll start sharing things on Wednesday night. And I'm going, hey, been there, done that. And I go, yeah, we all have. But uh, am I afraid at times? I had an anxiety attack about three or four weeks ago until I could caught myself and said, wait a minute. You know, when I say I don't have anxiety attacks, so that was a very rare thing. But it, it sneaks up on you, and all of a sudden you realize you're worrying about something. But can you cast your cares upon the Lord? That's a difficult thing to do, and yet it's a spiritual discipline that once you learn how, once we learn how to do it, uh, doesn't mean that you won't have cares. In fact, if life didn't have its problems, then why would there be a reason to trust? Think about it. The more the problem, the bigger the trust, or the more solid the trust, isn't it? Does the Lord test? Yes, he tests us. We saw that, and the Lord even said uh, he will send false prophets in Deuteronomy. We saw that uh, Sunday night. Uh, Why? To test you. Wait a minute. God allows that to happen in a church so he could test people? Yeah. Now, of course, we can't do what uh, Moses told them to do with false prophets, which was to stone them. No, we can't do that. But at the same time, you know, we do see the testings are there. And so, um, and the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 5 that we're to have our senses exercised. So we have to learn how to trust and stretch our, our resolve to trust the Lord. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, they have alerted my sight. And so uh, he's not shaken, his everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid. Uh, his heart is steadfast. He's not fickle. How many people, you know, drop by the wayside very quickly? Simply because some little thing happened. And all of a sudden they they give up on Christianity. I don't really think I, now I say this, I have to be careful. But um, if you're genuinely saved, you just can't walk away from Christianity. Because the Holy Spirit's within you and you don't walk away from somebody who's omnipresent. But if you can walk away and it doesn't bother you, you better check up on your salvation. I do believe once saved, always saved. But once saved, always changed by the Lord Jesus. And of course, the Holy Spirit living within us. And then, of course, we see um, uh, his heart is established. Then uh, so is the Lord's back in Psalm 111, his heart, he, he doesn't move. Well, I want to be like the Lord. He says, um, also, and this is a great passage. Um, he says, he should not be afraid. Why? Because we wait on the Lord. But a lot of times we forget that, that there's a whole passage there. They that wait on the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. But there's a whole paragraph there ahead of that. And uh, in Isaiah, it says um, in verse 25, to whom, will, uh, the, uh, to whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be uh, equal, says the Holy One? 
Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their host by number. He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and his strength of his power. Not one is missing. So here we have the omniscience and the omnipotence of the Lord. Who, who's his equal? And then he goes on, he says, uh, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. Why do you say that? Why do you think that your ways are hidden? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases in strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fail. But they, though they who wait on the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why? Because our might stayed upon Jehovah. Hearts are fully blessed, finding, as he promised, perfect peace and rest because we have an almighty God that will never slumber or sleep. And he created us. He created us for a purpose, and that's to bring him glory. And he's promised us something, and that is he will never, ever leave us or forsake us. And so again, we see that that if I could concentrate on the Lord, I like uh, that little saying, Big God, small problems. Big problems, small God. If I can keep my mind on the Lord, then I realize that the problems that are come are nothing more than opportunities and work clothes for God to show what he can do. Now, am I there yet? No, I still, I wish I could. You need to pray for your preacher because he's just a fallen sinner. I mean, (laughs) I worry about things at times. Do you? No. Well, pastor, you should be, well, I wish I could, but I've been at it for 50 years now, and I'm still not there yet. How about you? <laughs> but there again, the problem there, you know, tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope doesn't disappoint. It doesn't make us ashamed. And so that means that I've gone through it before and I've learned to say, Lord, here I am again. You've done it before. You can do it again. Scared to death, Lord, but I know that you can do it. You ever do that? I mean, if there's no reason to fear, there's no reason to trust. And so what's, what's, boy, I got it, man. I I never fear again, boy. Then all of a sudden, the fears come back. Why? Because we're human. And because God knows, and he's patient, and he's loving. And so my heart is established. I want it to be, but sometimes it wavers. Friends may fail me, foes assail me. He alone makes me whole. And so again, we see that uh, his heart is established. He shall not be afraid because we wait on the Lord. And then again, we get back to this generosity back in verse 9. Now, notice the last two verses, just like in Psalm 11, have triplets. Now, we have uh, doublets, or, um, or um, in, in the first verses, 
But now we have triplets in the last two verses, just like in the former psalm. So it's almost exactly like the other psalm in form. He says, he dispersed abroad. Of course, we know that the Lord Jesus, uh, why are we saved? Why does God love us? I'm excuse me. Why do we love God? How How can we love God? Because he first loved us. He disperses abroad. He called me. I didn't call him. He saved me. I didn't save him. And so we see he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. Boy, that's me. Uh, And uh, let's see. um, In verse 9, his righteousness endures forever. Just then there again, that's almost like uh, the second part of uh, Psalm 11, verse 9. And he says, his righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted. Now the word horn there is the idea of honor, your name, your prestige, your power. You know, the horns of the altar was where, you know, you would grab for protection or, you know, whatever. But the idea is whenever you, the horn is the idea of your charisma, your power, you know, that inner strength or whatever. But um, to be honored, uh, he shall be honored because the Lord honors his name. So guess what? If I really want to be honored, guess what I want to do? I want to honor God's name. If I really want to be blessed, what do I want to do? Bless the Lord. And so, you know, state upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed. Finding as he promised, perfect to peace and rest. Why? Because my heart's blessing him. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Why? Because, well, that might be a little selfish, but he made me that way because I want to be blessed. But I want to be blessed in the way that God wants wants me to be blessed. And so, again, you know, uh, there should be a hunger and thirst after righteousness. Because I want to be filled. And that's what God says, doesn't he? If I hunger and thirst after righteousness, then I'll be filled. filled. And so, again, we see that uh, there's generous. And then also, the last section here is it departs in theme of the other part. Of course, in Psalm 111, it talks about extols the Lord. But here we have our enemies. And the wicked shall see it and be grieved. The one thing that uh, I don't, you know, that I want the Lord to do with all this wickedness on the earth is I would love to see these people ashamed of what they've done. Right now, they're not. You know, they're they're glorying in their wickedness, and we're talking about people in high places. I don't want to humble them, but it would sure be good to see through salvation that God could humble some of them, or that there would be a great shame that would come upon some of these things that are going on and transgenderism and all these different things. It would be great if shame would return. Would it not? But, you know, I can't do it. God has to do it. But uh, if he doesn't do it in this lifetime, there will, it will happen. We know that Isaiah, Jeremiah especially, would say, you know, go ahead and preach. They're going to hear, but they will not hear. And to see, they will not see. They will be willfully ignorant. But there's coming a time when they will be ashamed. And, uh, of course, 
if not this life, they will stand before the Lord at one time. And there will be a great shame. And so, but, you know, I don't want people, I'm not saying, Lord, kill them. You know, it's, I'm saying, Lord, humble them. Because that's one of the best ways for people to realize, hey, they need something outside of themselves. So they'll be ashamed, or they'll be discouraged, or they'll be grieved. Uh, he shall gnash his teeth and melt away. The idea, they'll be disarmed. <laughs> they can't fight you anymore, you know. And then also, the desire of the wicked shall perish. Now, I want it to be their desire. I don't want to be the, I, I want them to see them saved, but the desire of the wicked shall be destroyed. So, you know how, what I've said about uh, alliteration. I'm not very good at it, but when I hit on something, I like to put it in there. So, discouraged, disarmed, and destroyed. So, you know, so, uh, but that's, you know, I, there again, we have to be careful with imprecatory psalms where we pray for something to happen to the wicked. Uh, the best thing that happened to them, they get saved. But um, at the same time, their sin be conquered. And so we say that uh, um, this is what we want to see. I've got a man right now that I'm praying for. Boy, every time I get around him, all he wants to do is tell me about how that uh, conservatives are always trying to keep back his rights and all this kind of stuff. And I'm going, oh, my you know, I don't even want to get into politics. I just want to see it. But because you're a Christian, of course, you're holding him back. And, of course, that's what we're seeing today is uh, a belligerence toward Christianity, which is just a step away from persecution of Christianity. But there's, there's back in the first part of my ministry, and you've been in about 40 years now, uh, back people, there was a time, even 40 years ago, where just the people were a little bit more respectful about the things of God. Now they are downright resentful, which is about a generation later. And uh, so, so it's a, you know, we're going down that road. And, of course, the devil now is coming out with his uh, red suit, horns, and pitchfork. He doesn't have to hide it anymore. And uh, how sad that is. Okay, but there's a God in heaven, and my heart is steadfast. I want it to be steadfast. Amen? Okay, anybody have uh, any questions or comments about what we looked at tonight?